0: Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and Schools, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Today is July 1st. It's a new month. Um, But we continue to do as we've been doing each day, Monday through Saturday, with our congregation at prayer. Today we continue with Matthew chapter 9 into chapter 10. Before we begin, just a quick note uh, to remind you that this evening at 7.30 p.m., Uh, Same place same channels Facebook and YouTube. You can join us for Bible study and first Corinthians and a little bit more intensive than what we do here in our daily prayer, Uh, but also um, I could use a little bit of interaction. It helps in Considering um, the import of what Paul says in that in that epistle So join us this evening 7 30 p.m. If you're able otherwise you can watch it on replay as with all the videos Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 84 How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Our memory verse today is from 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. Let's say it again. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. 1 Timothy 1, verse 15. Now the Christian questions and their answers from the Catechism. Question 15. What should we do when we eat his body and drink his blood, and in this way receive his pledge? We should remember and proclaim his death and the shedding of his blood, as he taught us. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Why should we remember and proclaim his death? First, so that we may learn to believe that no creature could make satisfaction for our sins. Only Christ, true God and man, could do that. Second, so we may learn to be horrified by our sins and to regard them as very serious. Third, so we may find joy and comfort in Christ alone and through faith in him be saved.
1: Our first reading is from Isaiah 25. O oh Lord, you are my God. I will
0: extol you, exalt you. I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. For you have made a city a ruin, a fortified city a ruin, a place of foreigners to be a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore the strong people will glorify you, the city of the terrible nations. Will fear you. For you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the blast of the terrible ones is a, a storm against the wall. You re- will reduce the noise of aliens as heat in a dry place, as heat in the shadow of a cloud. The song of the terrible ones
1: will be dim- diminished. Aaron's the reading and a reading from Go- the gospel according to St Matthew beginning in chapter 9 Then Jesus went
0: about all their cities all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people But when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, And Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus, and Labaius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out and when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whatever, or whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Alright, catechesis on this text. Um, a little bit longer, so a little bit more catechesis. How's that? Alright, so remember what happened yesterday. Jesus um, cast out the demon-possessed man who was mute, right? Uh, what was the first reaction then of Jesus to the Pharisees saying he cast out demons by the ruler of demons, as we heard yesterday? In re- response? He goes into all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease. How did Jesus respond to the crowds? Verse 36.
1: Yeah, he was moved with compassion for them. And how were the crowds described as? They were weary and scattered, like sheep with no shepherd. Like sheep with no
0: shepherd um, connects well with yesterday's text, too. Remember the two blind men. What title did they give to Jesus? That was back in verse 27 of Matthew's gospel. Yeah, they call him son of David, right? David was a shepherd and spoke of the Lord as his shepherd. Think of uh, Psalm 23, of course. What other sayings of Jesus come to mind?
1: Yeah, that famous discourse um, from John chapter 10, uh, the, well, I guess we call
0: it the, the good shepherd section. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the, sh- for the sheep. But a hireling who is, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a, is a hireling. And does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Yeah. So you, you know that text well, and uh, clearly. He sees them as being sheep without a shepherd and who is going to be their shepherd? He will. When he saw his disciples he made a comment and that comment was the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. What is the harvest?
1: This will come up later in Matthew 13 talks about the harvest. Well, He's the parable of the soils. And then the parable of the wheat and the tares,
0: right? The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while the men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us um, then to go and gather them up? But he said, No. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. There's many more, but that uh, is pretty illustrative, I think, of the harvest. Yeah, it's the crop that's raised by the sowing of the seed of the word of
1: God. Then who are the laborers? Well, we'll see this here in just a few uh, verses. Yeah, in verse 10
0: of chapter 10, the laborers um, are there for your journey, your, nor your two tunics, your sandals or staffs. There it is for a worker is worthy of his food. They're the laborers, the disciples. Think also uh, what comes up later in Matthew 20 with the parable of the laborers. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Right, And you know, they all got paid the denarius for the day regardless of which hour they came. So those are a few examples of laborers referring to the apostolic ministry. So then, for what does Jesus pray? That the Lord sent laborers into the harvest. Of course, we know these are the disciples, so he sends them to be his laborers, and he sends them with authority. Again, we've talked about this before. The word in verse 1 of chapter 10 here is not always best translated as power, uh, but rather translated as authority. It's exousia yeah, authority, his authority transferred to them, and with authority comes uh, rightful use of power. All right. So they have the authority to cast out unclean spirits, heal all kinds of sickness and disease. So that's the Lord's authority, which he transfers, or hands over to them. First to the apostles. Um, Now, looking at the list of the apostles, which two, well, there's two sets of brothers in there. Who are the two brother-
1: pairs, if you like. You have Simon and Andrew, and you have James and John, right? The sons of Zebedee. But who's listed last? And not,
0: <laughs> not surprising. Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Who is the tax collector? We talked about him the other day. Matthew, right? In the calling of Matthew, earlier
1: chapter 9. Um, you note that Simon Oh let's see. Yeah, not
0: here, but actually in Luke's gospel in the calling of the twelve or sending of the twelve, Simon
1: Peter is called the a zealot. What is a zealot? Yeah, you know, maybe a, it's actually a technical
0: term. It's not just somebody who's zealous for well, I don't know, bacon. <laughs> of course they wouldn't have been Jewish. Um no, actually, the Zealots were a Jewish political party that opposed Roman occupation of Palestine, which began um, in 63 BC. So, roughly about 90 years previous um, to the recording of this, or excuse me, to these events. Some have speculated that in the case of Simon, it may refer to his zeal for the law. Um, but if he is of the of of that political party, it does explain um, his more well political expectations for Jesus to overthrow Rome.
1: Now, interestingly enough here, where does Jesus tell his disciples not to go? Yeah, the way
0: of the Gentiles. The way of the Gentiles or the Samaritans. Certainly they will be the recipients of Jesus' word, but not yet. First, the gospel is to be preached, as he says in verse 6, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Of course, when would this all change in Matthew's Gospel? Matthew 28, yeah, when he says, uh, therefore go and make disciples by, of all nations, right, by baptizing and teaching them everything
1: I've commanded you. Um, now who, or excuse me, what were they to preach? Yeah, that's a good question. What were they to preach? The kingdom
0: of heaven is at hand, right? Now whose message was that also? Who else preached that message? Yeah, we saw that back in chapter 3 with John the Baptist, kingdom of heaven is at hand. In chapter 4, Jesus himself preaches that way. Um, what does freely, verse 8, freely you have received, freely give? What does that uh, mean? Is this kind of a, a socialistic, communistic kind of approach uh, to relating to your
1: neighbor? No, I don't think so. Um, this, this is referring to the fact that they have freely received the
0: gifts of salvation, and then they were to bestow them freely or graciously, that is, without any merit or worthiness upon those uh, who are to receive them. Right. So uh, think about how we say this in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right. Freely have we received, freely we give forgiveness. Why were um, they told not to take anything? And there's that expression at the end of verse 10. Yeah, a worker is worthy of his food. All right? So that they would receive their living by the gospel, as St. Paul says. All right. Um, now they're, to go about all these cities, right? You see that in verse 14, whoever will receive you, you know, or will not receive you or nor hear your words, right? Um, What is this about being worthy? This will come up again, actually, later in the chapter. Let
1: me see. I think, actually, yeah, chapter 10. Mm, 37, right? There it is.
0: He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. All right, so there's that word worthy, and it's it's oxios in Greek. If you're a Greek scholar, (laughs) maybe you're not. Um, Oxios is is of value or of worth, um, or uh, you know having sufficient value, uh, or to be fit, or to do, or to be uh,
1: worth do. Yeah, so of proper value, goodly, different ways to translate that. So how would, you, how would you understand here the cities being worthy? Well, simply, as we see later on in the chapter, but even here, uh, to be worthy is simply
0: to have received, right? That those who hear the gospel, the disciples preaching about Jesus, take up their cross, take up his cross and follow him, are worthy, right? So they're made worthy by the preaching of the gospel and the work of the Spirit. Uh, in them, right, to be converted to believe. Sometimes we think of worth as something that we um, ascribe to ourselves, right? I am worthy (laughs) of this, or I deserve this, is maybe how we would translate it. And here, it's quite different than that. Um, The worthiness of them is, or the goodness of them, is that they receive what you give. What sign were the twelve to perform if their words were rejected.
1: Yeah, they were to shake off the dust from their feet. Uh, what's significant about this sign?
0: There's a lot that could be said, uh, but maybe Genesis would be a good
1: place to go where it's spoken of of dust. Yeah, think of Genesis 3:15, um,
0: right? Dust you are, or actually, that's 319. Dust you are, and to dust you shall return, referring to death. And then also think of feet uh, back in verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel, right? Um, the foot language there. Uh, this foot language will come up again, of course, in the suffering servant song, which does show uh, Christ as being the fulfillment of the promise of Genesis. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him, Jesus, who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Yeah, so feet are related to the good news that Satan's head is being crushed. Dust is a sign of men who return to dust, that is, die. So when the apostles shake off the dust from their feet, they're giving a sign of how Satan um, would eat the dust; that is, he would devour those who reject the preaching of Christ. So it is a sign of judgment, uh, and of course that's confirmed by Jesus himself in verse 15 when he says, "Yeah, it will be worse than worse for them than it was for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, which you know were destroyed utterly by the Lord by his destroying angel." Now, uh, thinking about rejection of the Lord of uh, the Word. And and the the one whom he sends, which commandment is related to that? Yeah, remember the Sabbath day, third commandment, by keeping it holy. We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and His Word, right? But hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. There's a uh, question, actually two questions there in the in the chat. Uh, one, how long did they stay at each home? Um, the parallel text to this text is in Luke 10, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, According to this, cross-reference, yeah, Luke 9 actually, and then um, they come back in Luke 12, and Luke records that it was a two-year, that they were gone for two years um, doing this work. Um, The 70, actually, in Luke is who sent forth, not just the 12. All right. Um, How long did they stay at each home as as long as each home would receive them? Um, This is a little bit different tradition than what we have. Um, Generally speaking, if a preacher um, or someone like a rabbi, right, a teacher uh, who's traveling about the countryside came to your home, uh, you might receive them for a day or two, um, maybe. Um, But probably you'd say, who is that crazy guy and why? what authority does he have to preach to me? Um, in Jesus' day, it's a little bit different. We see this especially with the calling of the disciples. When the rabbi says, follow me, um, they follow him. They leave behind their work. And uh, they also had a culture of supporting. There'd be a culture uh, of supporting um, those traveling rabbis. Right? We see this uh, the way that the, the widows attach to him, the women attach to him, and then support all of the disciples um, with the wealth that they have uh, from their estate. Uh, did they know who was coming to them? No, they wouldn't. Uh, maybe another parallel you see in the Old Testament is when um, Elijah comes upon Elisha, who's driving you know, the oxen in the field, and he throws his cloak upon Elisha. In other words, he ordains him, sets him apart, uh, and calls him. And uh, Elisha does it, uh, which I think is remarkable to us. Although he makes sacrifice first by killing the oxen that he was driving, using their... Uh, mm what do you call it? their yokes, that's right for a fire um and then feasts with his family and then goes to be the Lord's prophet, having been commissioned by the spirit um through Elijah yeah, so it it's a very different kind of a culture um but remember they're also not dwelling in cities out here i mean they're they're small cities, uh, but nothing I mean random lake would be considered a large city uh in their day. I think the estimate for Jerusalem during non fee seasons was like 1200 1500 something like that not a big town all right um yeah so did they know no can you imagine them coming to your doors now no um but i mean it still happens right and i suppose you could do something similar in a digital fashion right um and i've encouraged you to do that if you benefit from these videos to to share them But maybe with a very personal, like send it with a Facebook message or with an email with the link and say, I really think you would benefit from this. Um, You know, my pastor or this pastor is, uh, you know, preaches the word faithfully and uh, it brings comfort to me hearing that my sins are forgiven. And I think it would be for you, too. You know, how many people are going to receive such an email? Maybe (laughs) some and others would be like, "Um, you know what? My religion's my own business, not yours. That kind of thing. So I think, yeah, the culture has really shifted dramatically. Away from uh, receiving, you know, the roaming rabbi. Or, in this case, the apostle whom he sends.
1: Meditation on the text. The church is always
0: in need of shepherds, that is pastors, to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. Christ instituted the office of the holy ministry so that there would be workers for the harvest. That is the harvest field of the world. Christians will always seek out and call faithful pastors to proclaim the word of God among them. It is to this office, not to the persons, that Christ has given the authority to forgive sins and to free men from the chains of death. This is the only authority of this office to forgive the sins of repentant sinners and to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. It is a grave sin to turn one's back on the preaching of the gospel. While the gospel is preached, the preacher is worth his keep. Luther
1: emphasizes this in the table of duties in regard to what hearers owe. They're pastors. All right. We'll continue now with our hymn for this week. Lord to you I make
0: confession.
2: multiplied transgression, chosen for myself my way. Let my you to see my errors, Lord, I tremble at your terror. voice upon me Father I will seek your face though your child I dare not call me yet receive me in your grace do not for my sins forsake. That your wrath not overtake me. For your Son has suffered for me, given himself to rescue me. Die to save me and Restore me, reconcile to set me free. Jesus' cross alone can vanquish these dark fears and soothe this anguish. cast my burden, sink it in the deepest sea. Let me know your gracious pardon, cleanse me from iniquity. Let your spirit leave me now for
0: We pray the Apostles' Creed. I believe in one God, or excuse me, in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy. Multiply your mercy on us, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not things eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns, with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.
1: Amen. We pray for the sick among us,
0: but especially uh, for my aunt Carol Hawk. Heavenly Father, ruler of all things, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, healed all manner of infirmities and cured all manner of diseases. Mercifully help your servant Carol in body and soul, and if it be your will, free her from her sickness, that restore to health she may with thankful heart bless your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray also today for marriage and family. That husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone. For our communities and neighborhoods. We pray for our first responders, all doctors, nurses, and those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. We pray for an end to anxious thoughts and constant worry, that God would provide peace and joy in all circumstances. We pray for our deliverance from pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. We pray for our military personnel. We pray for those who celebrate today their birthday, especially Wyatt Depius. We pray for those who celebrate the gift of marriage, especially Kevin and Amy. We pray for all those who are ill, in addition to Carol, Marcella, Jan, David, Brad, Janet, Barb, and Carol, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, and Aaron. We pray for those who are grieving, that they would be comforted by the hope of the resurrection and the life everlasting, especially the family of Marion Shaft, and Pastor Lindau and his family at the death of his wife, Chris. We pray for those who are isolated at home, Willis and Janice, Mickey and Bev, and for our missionaries, the Federwitz family. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Lord's blessings on your day, uh, this July 1st. And a reminder that, again, this evening at 7.30, central time, uh, late for you on the eastern coast, uh, eastern side of things, we continue our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So join us this evening if you're able. Otherwise, uh, of course, you can join us or watch it uh, on delay in the morning.
1: And uh, yeah, we'll see you at first thing in the morning if you're not able to join us tonight. Lord be with you all.